The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Let's go to 1 John chapter number 5 verse 4. 1 John chapter number 5 verse 4. We're still talking about uh, living victoriously through faith. Amen? Someone say living victoriously uh, through faith. God wants you and I to live a life of victory. Amen? Uh, God can't do much with uh, 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 defeated folk. God can't do much with uh, hateful folk. He can't do much with prejudiced folk. He can't do much with bitter folk. This one is going to shock you. He can't do much with broke folk. God can do a lot with victorious folk. Amen? And this is why he has given us this thing called uh, a faith with which we can live a life of victory. And when you are in a place of victory, you can begin to pull others up with you. Amen? I said amen. So the Bible says in 1 John 5 verse 4, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this, this is a declaration now, this is the victory that has overcome the world. What's that victory? Our faith. And if you read this same scripture in the New Living Translation, it says, For every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. So there is a victory that is available for every child of God. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter whether you are born on the right side or the wrong side of the tracks, the railway line. They always have a railway line in the city that you know puts the rich people on the other side and the wrong side. It doesn't matter where you were born. You can live a life of victory. You can live a life of victory in your finances. You can live a life of victory in your relationships. You can live a life of victory. And that's what God's will for you is. It is for you to win all the time. That's right. Amen? And that's not what religion will teach you. Religion will teach you God is schizophrenic. Sometimes he's going to give you victory and sometimes he's going to let you get defeated a little while so he can teach you a lesson. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says whoever is born of God, whoever is a child of God can defeat this evil world, this evil world system uh, that is coming contrary to what God has for you. And we do this by living by faith. Amen? So victory... Man, I love this. Victory is available for every single child of God. God is not a respecter of persons. God does not show favoritism. He has made this thing available to all of us. But we achieve this victory uh, through faith. We also found out in Romans chapter number 3 verse 27 that faith is a law. Just like gravity is a law, what goes up must come down and we discover that when you start applying the principles, Bible-based principles of faith, you, will, you can be as sure as what goes up must come down that you're going to live a life of victory. Amen? That you're going to get healed. That you're going to get prospered. That God is going to uh, uh, bring you into your place of destiny. You can be as sure as we are sure with gravity. Amen? But you have to learn how to use it because faith is like a muscle. Amen? Amen. It's like a muscle. All of us have been given the measure of faith, just like all of us have 
the same number of muscles, uh, uh, but some of us can bench press a lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and some of you can't. You know why? Because we've been using what God gave us in practice to a point where we can do a lot with the muscles that God has given us. So similarly, with faith, faith is a muscle. And when you stop using or exercising the faith muscle, you will lose it. Amen? And I don't mean you will lose faith as in like, you know, I lost my keys. Where are they? You will lose it. You, it will atrophy. You, you will lose the dexterity, the, 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 the power to function of that faith muscle. Amen? And then you can't achieve anything by faith. But we discovered that this law of faith works with these five ingredients that we see through Scripture. And started uh, uh, on this journey four weeks ago. We discovered that for this uh, faith, the law of faith to work, number one, you have to realize and receive the supremacy of the word of God. You have to realize that God's word is the ultimate authority and it has to become the ultimate authority in your life. Amen? It's not a collection of opinions. It's not a collection of suggestions. It is filled with power and life. Amen? We discovered uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago, that God's love is the fuel for your faith. Number two, it's an ingredient that will make your faith work. And today we're going to be talking about how you can access the grace of God uh, through faith. And number four, uh, next week we're going to discover the righteousness of God in Christ. And number five, we're going to discover and we're going to learn how to talk. Amen? So today we're talking about accessing the grace of God through faith. What is grace? Grace is everything that you will ever need to live a godly life in the earth realm. Everything that you will ever need to be successful and to live uh, 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 this life that God has given us in a godly manner. Everything you need to achieve your destiny. Everything that you will need to be a successful individual comes through grace. Grace is also known as the unmerited, unearned favor of God. Amen? And how do we access this grace? Let us turn our Bibles to Romans chapter number 5. Verse 2. Romans chapter number 5, verse 2. <clears throat> and I'm reading in the original King James Bible. It says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory. So just like we said, the grace of God is all you will ever need to live a successful life. The grace of God is almost like a pantry filled with everything that you'll ever need. Whether it's healing, Jesus already paid for it and he put it in the pantry. Whether it's prosperity, Jesus already died on the cross for it. The Bible says, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Whether it's peace, we know that the chastisement of our peace was upon him on the cross. Amen? And all of that was done by grace. God did not need our motivation to die for us on the cross. None of us fasted. 
or prayed for Jesus to go on the cross. It was all by grace. It was all because God wanted to. He was compelled by compassion. He was compelled by his love for you. And he took his one and only begotten son and made him die on the cross and paid the penalty for you and I and made a provision of grace for everything that you'll ever need that pertains to life and godliness. And he put it in the pantry. But for you to access this pantry, you're going to need a pin code. And this pin code is called F-A-I-T-H, better known as faith. Amen? And you've got to understand that faith alone cannot do it for you. It's got to be faith accessing the grace of God. And you've got to understand that grace alone will not do it for you. It's always faith working hand in hand with grace. Amen? And if you read here, it says, by whom also we have access. That word access in the Greek is the word prosagoge. P-R-O-S-A-G-O-G-E. And it literally means admission. Someone say admission. Admission. (laughs) So here he's saying, by whom also we have been granted an admission into the grace of God by faith. So faith grants you the admission. You know, last week, uh, they had a concert uh, uh, that got everyone buzzing. I didn't even know who this guy was. Uh, they said he was Ed Sherani. I thought he was from Zimbabwe. <laughs> At first, I thought the guy was from Zimbabwe. I thought he was one of the new, you know, the Zim dancehall artists, you know. Edward Sherani. <laughs> and I saw everyone saying, you know, I'm going to this concert and so on and so forth. And I believe the process of going into that concert, unless you're just a rascal and you're looking to gain, you know, free entrance, the process is you get yourself a ticket. And when you get to the gates, what they do is they look at your ticket and usually the ticket will say admit, admit one or, or two or three or four or five. And then they'll count, you know, what the ticket says and they'll grant you admission. And the grace of God similarly works the same. There's an admission ticket that you have to present for you to access the grace of healing, the grace of prosperity, the grace of peace, and this admission ticket is called faith. Without faith, just like if you had tried to go to that concert, without a ticket, they would not grant you access. Amen? So faith is a big part of it. And almost, it's almost interesting because in the body of Christ, you have the people that just say it's all by grace and they don't realize there is a faith element to it. And what it does is it leads to passivity. They say it's all by grace. God has done it by grace. True, yes, but for you to partake of the things that God has done already by grace, you're going to have to engage your faith. Yeah. It's the only way you're going to get access. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So the people that just say it's all by grace end up passive. They end up uh, uh, lazy and it usually leads to lasciviousness and they just don't do anything about the grace of God without realizing that they have to now bring their faith. I always put it like this. uh, 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 Grace is on God's side of the ledger and faith is on our side of the ledger. Amen? And I like to put it a different way as well. I want you to get it. Is that... Faith and grace are two sides of the same coin. 
When you look at a five rand coin, according to the uh, uh, treasury of South Africa, they decided that the coin five rand, uh, uh, you can go and trade it in the open market for goods and services to the tune of five rand, the value of five rand. So when you go into the you know, open uh, market of goods and services, you present five rand, they'll give you goods uh, worth five rand on the condition that both sides are present on the coin. If one side is missing on the coin, uh, it's not legal tender. Amen? The people that you're trading with have the right to receive it or not receive it. Now, what's cool about grace and faith is that God has already stamped his side of the coin. That's why I call grace the past tense of what God has already done. So God is not moved by faith. God has already moved by grace. Faith does not move God. Faith moves you. Even awesome. By grace, God has given you the stamp to stamp on your side of the coin. So you are not even using your own strength to stamp on your side of the coin. You know why? Because God has already graced you with the ability to go and stamp on your side of the coin. All you have to do is to respond and position yourself. Not generate the power. All you're doing is positioning yourself. God has already put the stamp in your hand. All you have to do is to go and stamp on the other side of that five rand. And guess what? Now the coin has both grace and faith. And it is now legal tender in the kingdom of God. And you can now trade it for goods and services. Oh no, not goods and services, but for everything that Jesus paid for on the cross. Now you can go and have access to it. But a lot of people have been running around talking about grace with a coin that only has one side. And they're wondering why they're frustrated. They're wondering why they can't buy. They can't transact in the spiritual realm. And on the flip side, a lot of people have been running around with the faith coin without realizing that God has already moved and they're trying to move God and they live a frustrated life. So you have to live at a place where you realize it's by grace through faith. Amen? Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 8. Because both extremes are wrong. You have to drive in the middle of the road. Amen? Amen. The body of Christ is almost like a master of extremities. Man, we like to be extreme about stuff. They take the faith extreme without realizing that you need the grace of God. Amen? Amen. I said amen. Amen. What did I tell you to go? Ephesians Chapter number 2, verse 8. It says, for by grace are you saved. Are you uh, uh, saved, sozo, soterio, through what? Notice it didn't say by grace are you saved, full stop. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So grace alone does not save you. Faith alone does not save you. It has to be grace through faith. Grace is what God did. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. That's grace. Now we're getting ready to read the faith part. That whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish, but have what? Eternal life or everlasting life. The God kind of abundant living. How do you do that? You positively respond to what God has already done by grace. 
There is a part you have to play. You have to respond to it. Amen? That's why you can't be passive. Amen? Amen. Let's go now to Romans chapter number 10, verse 9, and show it to you, how you got saved. He says in Romans chapter number 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So this is your faith part. This is your response to what God did uh, uh, through Jesus on the cross. What do you do? You confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you will be saved. For with the, me- with the heart men believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, the grace of God which brings salvation is appeared to all men. That's what the Bible says in Titus 2.11. It says the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. Everybody has been offered the grace of God. Question, if everybody has been offered the grace of God, how come everyone is not saved? The simple answer, it is because not everyone has responded to what has been offered to make the transaction complete. Oh, let me flip it. Everyone has been offered prosperity. Hallelujah. Everyone has been offered healing. But healing always comes with an instruction, a grace instruction. That when you respond positively by faith, all you are doing is accessing, remember the word access, all you are doing is getting admission into the realm of healing. This is why everyone Jesus healed, he just didn't sovereignly, supernaturally override everything to heal them. Sometimes you would ask them, what's up? What do you want me to do for you? I mean, dude, you can see this guy is blind. Why are you asking? Because we want to know if he wants to get healed. What would you like for me to do for you? And then they would tell him and Jesus would go on to give them an instruction. In fact, let's read one of the stories in John chapter number 9. We're going to read from verse 5 to 8. We already know that by his stripes we were healed. First uh, Peter 2.24. I like to call the grace of God the past tense of God's word. The grace of God is everything that God has already done. Watch this, past tense. God is not trying to heal you. Because 1 Peter 2.24 says, By his stripes you were healed, past tense. Amen? Amen? God is not trying to bless you. You know, sometimes when we pray these, Bless me, Lord, prayers. We are so out of scripture, it's not even funny. Because God has already blessed you. Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 3 said, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So God is not trying to bless you. God has already blessed you, past tense. The real question is, are you trying to access the blessing that God has already given you? Or at least activate it by faith. See, you're already blessed, but being blessed is like walking around with a SIM card that's not activated. <laughs> when you add your faith to it, you activate that thing. And now you can begin to talk, you, uh, uh, you can begin to catch some frequencies in the spiritual realm, grace frequencies, that is. So in the spiritual realm, and you can begin to receive some stuff. Amen? 
It's all by faith. Amen. It's been done by grace, but we activate it by faith. John chapter number 9, from verse uh, 5 to 8. It says, for while I'm in this world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he's talking to the blind man. He spit on the ground. This is Jesus speaking and, and, and acting. He spit on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. And he said this to the blind man, go. He told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sand. So the man went and washed and came home doing what? I didn't hear that. The man went and washed and came back seeing. Now, the doctors here can correct me. But I think I'm, 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 I'm close in saying this. That mud and saliva has no medicinal qualities for eye treatment. Can I, can I, can I get a pass on that, uh, Doc? You know, the people in the medical fraternity are saying, yes, Pastor, otherwise we'd be making a lot more money than we're making now. Just collect as much saliva. There's no medicinal qualities in saliva and mud. So what's up with Jesus doing that? All he's doing is he's giving a man an instruction to act on. And he's saying as you act on this instruction, as you activate your faith to act on this instruction, guess what? You are going to get healed. Amen. Amen. And it's the same thing. I coined the phrase, everything that Jesus asked us to do, the Apostle Paul, everything you see in the New Testament as an instruction, I don't call them commandments. I call them grace instructions. Because embedded in that grace instruction is your breakthrough. God will always tell you something to do. And to this man, he took saliva, mixed it with mud and put it in his eyes, go and wash in the river Siloam. This took faith to act on it. Because what? This man had to go through a city, buzzing, going through Jerusalem, bumping into people. Where are you going? I'm going to river Siloam. This man had to be determined in his faith, going to act on the instruction of Jesus. And the Bible says when he got to the river Siloam, all he had to do was wash. Similar to Naaman. In the Old Testament. Remember the story? Of King Naaman. Ridden with leprosy. And he went to see the prophet. And the prophet said to him, Go and wash in Jordan seven times. You know what he said initially? He said, what are you talking about? We have cleaner rivers right in this city. Why Jordan? But the servant said to him, You know what? This is a great instruction. Just act on it. And guess what? As he went and he washed, the Bible says he came clean. Everything has been washed off of him. So God has already done it by grace. This is my point. God has already provided healing for you by grace. God has already made a provision for your prosperity by grace. God has already made a provision for your purpose and your calling. God has already made a provision for a successful uh, 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 life for you and me, for a successful uh, uh, marriage, relationally, for everything God has already made a provision for. All we now have to do is to pay attention to his grace instructions, and it's not grievous, because he has already given us the grace to act on it. How many of you can honestly say, it's a hard thing to pick up my bed and walk? It's not. It's faith and works of faith are easy. You know why? Because not only did he give you the grace, he also gave you the grace, which is an empowerment to act on it. So your faith is already from God and all you have to do is to act on it. That's the easy part. 
Just listen and act on it. You don't have to come up with a formula. And as you act on it, you will come back seeing. Amen? Now watch what he says in the next verse. Uh, Verse 8. His neighbors, those who had formerly seen him begging, asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was, and others said, no, he only looks like him. There's always going to be some prognosticators and... And, and, and nay says, it's like, man, I don't believe this man is, is the one. But he himself insisted, I am the man. What do we see from this? See, the grace of God will radically change your life. Amen. That people will look at you and they will not believe you are the same person. After the grace of God, you respond to it. You respond to that grace. After you finish responding to it, people will swear you are not the same man. People will swear you never went through a heartache. People will swear you were never divorced. People will swear you were never sick with an incurable disease. After the grace, the true grace of God is finished with you. Your neighbors will look and say, this person is different. They look completely different. They act completely different. This life is so good, can't be the same. They get, how do they get themselves to that? All they did was respond by faith. Man, I'm telling you, faith is not hard. Faith is not trying to get God to do something. Faith is just responding to what he has done. Faith is saying, yes, Lord. Because no Lord is a, is a contradiction. It's an oxymoron. How can you say no to God? <laughs> Amen. It doesn't make sense. Amen. So he came back and he said, I am the man. Verse 10. How then were your eyes opened? They asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I did what? I didn't hear that. So I went and washed, and then I could see. In other words, I did what he told me. That's how easy faith is. You've been trying to do a thousand and one things extra. You've been trying to pray the rosary thing, you you know, every day. No, all you have to do is to do what the man tells you. All you have to do is to do what the man tells you. Amen? Just respond to what the man tells you. And guess what? You're already in faith. You know, faith is easy. God never meant for faith to be hard. Faith is easy. Faith is Abraham. Abraham, you're going to have a child, and I'm going to call you Abraham. Yeah, I receive it, Lord, from today onwards. I have a new name. My name is Abraham. Why? Because God has made me a father of many nations. Wait, how many kids do you have? I don't have any right now, but guess what? God said he's made me a father of many nations and I believe it. And here I am. I'm changing my name to Abraham because God said faith is just responding positively to what God has done. And guess what? It may take a little while, but I can guarantee you before the story is over with, the picture will look beautiful. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. That's what faith is. It's responding to grace instructions. Let's go to 1 Kings uh, chapter number 17, we're going to read from verse uh, 8 to 16. Thank you, Jesus. How much time do I have? Five minutes. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying to uh, Elijah, Arise and get thee to Zarephath. Now, just to uh, give you a brief preview of this story. Remember Elijah? It was uh, the, uh, the three and a half years of famine, and uh, the Lord... 
uh, had already made a grace. In fact, let's read from verse 1. I think it may be fun. I want you to see some things there. Let's go to 1 Kings uh, 17. Let me read from verse 1. Let's go to verse 1 if you can. And Elijah, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these days, except at my word. So this is the declaration of the prophet as instructed by God. Now watch what happened. Grace always comes through the word of the Lord. Amen? So this is a grace verse that we are reading now. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Sherith with flaws into Jordan. Next verse. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. I have what? I didn't hear that. Come on, read it with me. Notice it didn't say, I am negotiating. Do you see that? He didn't say, I am still negotiating with the raven. He says, I have commanded. Past tense, it's already a done deal. I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. We have a teaching called, a place called there. You can go and check it out on our website. It talks about assignment and how God has a specific a place called there for you that when you get to it, provision is already there. Amen. 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 And watch what happened in verse 5. So you went according to the word of the Lord. You went according to the grace instruction. For you went and stayed by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. Next verse. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. Man, this is so cool. He's getting fed by the grace of God, but he had to go to the brook. That's his faith response. The faith part is to get up and go to the brook. How hard is that? Hey, Tavara, I've already paid for your car. The the X-Class the Baki, the Mercedes Baki. I like Bakis. I've already paid for you. It's in Santon. Go to Mercedes Santon and pick it up. How hard do you think that's going to be? <laughs> Man, I'm going to Santon before they finish saying the statement. And it's the same thing with Elijah. It's the same thing with your faith. I'm trying to show you faith is simple. Faith is just doing what God tells you to do. And when you get to the place where God tells you to go, you're going to find some provision. Can I get an amen? Amen. And it says in verse 9, And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise now and get thee to Zarephath. So the word of the Lord came and said, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have what? Commanded. Past tense. God had already had a chat with the widow, and the widow had accepted. Now I want to show you the interesting dynamics here. Commanded a widow to feed you there and to sustain you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As long as the Lord lives, I have not but a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat and die. 
And Elijah said unto you, fear not. Someone say, fear not. See, fear will stop you from responding positively. So the first thing uh, uh, Elijah addresses is fear. It's fear. Amen? Get the fear out of the way. He says, fear not. What verse is that? Uh, 13. Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it to me, and after, make thee for your son. For thus says the Lord, the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meat, of meal shall not waste. In other words, uh, the, the bowl of flour or, or millimeal is not going to waste. It's not going to finish. You're going to keep scooping. You know, we used to have a barrel uh, where I, back where I grew up and it had millimeal in it, a little cup in it. And when you want to make a meal, you'd go and scoop. And here, Elijah is saying, man, you, you're going to scoop for the next three and a half years. How many of you feel like it's a good deal? All you have to do is to do what I'm telling you. That's what faith is. Faith is listening and receiving. Grace prepares the table, but faith gets to eat. Now, a lot of people want God to prepare the table and eat for them. No, God wants you to show up and get to eat. Amen? I said amen. He says, uh, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat how many days? So she responded by faith by giving to God one meal and God gave to her three and a half years worth of meals. So what is your uh, uh, faith response to, gener- to, to prosperity? It's generosity. Amen? I said amen. Just like your uh, healing response is getting up and walking and exercising your faith. Your uh, faith response to prosperity is generosity. There is no other way. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, verse 24, There is he who scatters seed, who gives generously, yet they increase. And there is he who withholds more than his meat, yet it tends to poverty. The widow had a choice to hold on to a one meal or to give it up for three and a half years worth of supply. What would you have done? Oh, no, that's not the right question. What are you doing today? Are you holding on to one meal or are you giving it up for three and a half worth of supply? Because God wants to supply your needs, all of them. But it takes faith for you to connect with that grace of provision. And a lot of people hold on to the seed that they have. A lot of people eat seed. In fact, Jesus says this offer was made to many widows in Israel, which is the sad part of this story. This offer was made to a lot of poor people. Only one decided they were going to take a risk and trust God. It's not even a risk because God is involved. Amen? How do we know that? Let's go to Luke chapter number 4. We're going to read from verse 24 to 26. So this woman, and you know, it's almost tempting to think this woman had a special anointing. That's why the man of God went to her. It's almost tempting to think she had a good name, you know, a religious name, a powerful name that just drew the man of God. No, the man of God just went to her because she's the one who responded positively to the instruction. Amen? Watch what he says in verse 24. And this is Jesus speaking. It's in red. He's making a commentary on the story that we just read. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth. He's like, I want to let you in on something. Many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. 
There were a lot of needy people. When the heavens were shut for three and, a, uh, three and a half years, when the great famine was throughout the land, but unto none of them was Elijah sent, except Zarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. In other words, he ended up going to the one. See, they could have had a joint venture. The, all the widows could have had a joint venture on this, on this awesome, awesome, awesome opportunity. But guess what? 99% of them did not take God up on the offer. I tell you, a lot of people could be getting healed today. But 99.9% are not taking up God on the offer to get healed. Amen? A lot of people don't take up God on the offer. All he will do is give you the grace instruction. But it is your prerogative. He gives you the choice. Let's go to Revelation 3.20 as we close. And let me show you where the choice is. Thank you, Jesus. Is this helping you? Man, this is good stuff. God has a grace for you that will radically change your life forever. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. It will change everything about your life. It will change everything about your health. It will change everything about your healing. It will change everything about your marriage, about your your, your finances. It will change everything. I remember, you know, last week I was uh, flying out to go to Kimberley. And uh, here's what's interesting. I was going out to do a Grace in the Marketplace a conference there, and I missed my flight, you know, <laughs> I missed a delayed flight. <laughs> I mean, I, it was bad, and I, and, I, and, I, and I had to rent a car to drive to Kimberley five hours through the night uh, for the Grace in the Marketplace seminar, and uh, while I was there, you know, the Lord began to speak to me about this grace and faith dynamic preparing for today, and he said to me, uh, I was not surprised when you wrote the book uh, Grace in the Marketplace. It was already there in the grace realm. In fact, when it came as a, as a divine idea, I was so lazy to write another book. I told my wife, I said, God has spoken to me. She said, what did he say? Uh, uh, I said, he has spoken to me. He said, my next book, Grace in the Marketplace, is going to open many opportunities for me, and it's going to do more than all the books that I've ever written before. And uh, she said, well, why don't you write the book then? And I said, but I, I don't know, man. I just feel lazy. I can't write it right now. I don't know. I'll write it. You know, they call it the writer's block, but it's just laziness. That's what it was. I was just like, you know, because it takes much work to write a book. You have to sleep, you know, in the wee hours of the night, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., just going in and pouring uh, your life. There's a lot of research and so on and so forth. So I was sitting there thinking, man, I don't know. But then I decided, you know what, I'm going to respond by faith and do what the Lord has told me to do and write this book. And I kid you not, this book was already there in the grace realm. All I needed to do was to respond by faith and positively type down what God had already put in my heart. I didn't come up with anything. I didn't generate any ideas. All I did was position myself to be a vessel to put those things on paper. And because of that, with the boldness and the conviction, sometimes to be ridiculed as you teach some of the things that God will put in your heart, guess what? You, take, you have to take a risk. And as you take a risk, God will begin to open doors for you for opportunity. Now I'm traveling all over the country, and not only that, 
uh, I was at a conference in Denver, Colorado, and Ashley got me to stand up during his sermon. He said, this man is called Tafara. He's written a book called Grace in the Marketplace. You should all get it on Amazon. Man, I was sitting there seeing all the sales go up on Amazon. You know, you get the messages, the money is coming in. (laughs) And guess what? Guess what? That's me responding to something that God has already done by grace. I don't know what ideas God has already stored up for you by grace. That you, all you have to do is to respond by faith and make them a reality. God has already put his anointing on these ideas. But he's not going to force them on you. You have to respond. And I'm telling you as you respond, there's going to be a radical shift in your life. I'm telling you, I told Marshall, I said, man, this church, the band is going to write songs that will change people's lives. By grace, God has already made it available. But watch this. They have now to position themselves by living a life of devotion to download those songs so they can become a reality. That's what the Bible says in Romans 12 verse 1. It says, offer yourselves a living sacrifice to God. Holy and acceptable, which is his reasonable service. As you do that, you're positioning yourself to download things from the spiritual realm that are already settled for you. You know when the Bible says people will be crying in heaven. Can you imagine when we get to heaven, the Bible says God will have to wipe tears off of our eyes. He's not wiping tears because they are so sad they made it to heaven. He's wiping tears because they are so sad they all of a sudden realize the things that God had prepared and planned for them in their life on the earth that they didn't take advantage of. Man, when you get to heaven and you start seeing the impact that God had already deposited on your life, the grace that God had already deposited on your life, and you just didn't respond, a lot of people will break down and start crying. In fact, 99% of the other widows, when they realized got to heaven and realized they could also have had uh, jars of oil that never waste. I'm sure they broke down and started crying. Man, I should have taken up God on this offer. Amen? And it says in Revelations, chapter number 3, verse 20, this is grace speaking. It's in red, Jesus speaking. And he says, I stand at the door and knock. It's interesting that God Almighty, the all-powerful one, stands at the door and knocks. How many could kick the door down? Do you realize? (laughs) Or you could give you no door. (laughs) So that he can walk in and out when he wants to. But that's not our God. God makes an offer by grace, but he has given us the prerogative. He has given us the opportunity to respond by quitting when you're out of time. Amen? We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.